Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Eco Health Alliance wants to get back to normal business. More proof that the sports media is the worst and is poisoning your spouse and then profiting off of their death bad? It can mean one thing and one thing only. It's a WTF Wednesday. I'm Andrew Coppins, and this is Critical Thinking. <laughs> Yes, that's right, folks. Pat Oni, not here. You're getting me solo on a WTF Wednesday. So this show is going to be a little bit quicker than our normal WTF Wednesday. Um, and I'm going to do this up front real quick for you. We always mention to do business with those that won't insult you. And what better way to do that than with businesses that actually promote critical thinking, such as our fine friends over at CoffeeBrandCoffee. Com. That's right. You can go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, get yourself literally individually roasted, packaged, put together coffee, really, really high end stuff. I love the bourbon one. We're going to get a few more flavors in here at the Coppins household in a little bit. And I'll let you know how I like or dislike or if I dislike them. But folks, you can go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code critical thinking at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. Again, that is coffeebrandcoffee.com, critical thinking promo code 5% off of your purchase. Again, doing business with businesses that won't insult you. This is how you get out of the woke economy ESG businesses. If you spend your money elsewhere, this isn't about boycotting a business. It is about taking what you earn and what you want to spend on discretionary income and choosing to spend it with businesses that will not insult you because it is impossible to do business with people who are just strictly like-minded. We know this. All right. So again, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code critical thinking at checkout. 5% off of your purchase today. And with all of that out of the way, first and foremost, um, 
Tomorrow, I'm going to give you a preview. Uh, it is a deep dive Thursday, and we're going to deep dive into the House Oversight Committee. As we were, or as we, as I was about to prepare for the show and go on air, um, that House Oversight Committee has released some things on Twitter, was doing a press conference, and frankly, I just didn't have enough time to put it all together to understand where things stand, what evidence they have. But um, <clears throat> all of that being said, I want to dive deep into that tomorrow. So I'm going to look at the information. I'm going to see what the House Oversight Committee has or doesn't have, um, what evidence they've been able to release, and maybe some evidence that they don't have currently. And and we'll analyze all of that. We'll critically think through that because I don't want to just snap judgment all of these things. All right. So that being said, um, this is a WTF Wednesday. So why don't we just get into it? Boy, do I love that sound. WTF Wednesday brought to you by the Sports Media Sucks, brought to you by Eco Health Alliance and uh, wives poisoning their husbands for profit. Not in a way that you would think, by the way, because it is a WTF Wednesday that, you know, you, you know, it's not about collecting the insurance money. That's that's not what we're going here, because that's uh, par for the course in the stories of uh, whacked out spouses attempting to murder their uh, significant other just for the money. Um, This is uh, particularly heinous. So, um, but before we get into Eco Health Alliance, before we get into, um, before we get into that poisoning story, one of the things that I think has been the greatest disservice of social media, the greatest disservice of the lessening of standards, if you will, within our overarching media, but especially in the world of sports media in which you've got to fill 24 hours a day, seven days a week, talking about um, and putting live sports on the air, right? That that you have to opine on everything and and you better say something quick or you're going to lose out. And I have long told story after story after story of my time being in sports media and just how insanely left wing, not just liberal, but left wing, the, the world of sports media is. People look at the general media and they say to themselves, oh my God, they're so biased. You have no idea how biased the sports media world is. Now you do if you've paid attention to multiple people, um, especially like the Pat Forties and Stephen A. Smith, although sometimes you wonder if he's really all that left-wing, if he's just more liberal than left-wing. But anyway, uh, the Max Kellermans of the world, um, you could go on and on on almost every personality that exists on ESPN, most of them on FS1. And we could continue on and on and on. But um, there's a story that highlights just how disingenuous and just how quick to judge the sports media world is. And this is the story that happened last fall with Matt Ariza, the punter for the Buffalo Bills. Now, ex-punter for the Buffalo Bills and blacklisted basically from the NFL up until yesterday, probably, 
Um, we'll see what happens going forward with that uh, because the NFL likes its second chances in certain ways, which is the irony of all of this. But um, the story that you need to know is Matt Ariza was accused very publicly of being involved in a gang rape of a 17-year-old minor while a student at San Diego State University. That allegation is serious, right? That allegation should be taken seriously, at least to the point of evidence gathering and figuring out the truth of the matter or no truth of the matter. But we as a society are supposed to presume innocence before guilt. And in the world of sports, and I want to bring this into the way back machine for some of you. Some of you, this might have happened before you were even alive. Which, oh my God, do I feel old. But look up the Duke lacrosse case. This is one of the greatest examples of journalistic malfeasance I have ever seen in my entire life. Not just journalistic malfeasance, but prosecutorial malfeasance, um, political bullcrap because the prosecutor was attempting to become the governor of the state using this Duke lacrosse case as a springboard for a platform of justice and um, serving the unrepresented minorities and blah, 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 blah. And these, these players were kicked off the lacrosse team. The lacrosse team's season was cut short. The players were expelled from the university prior to any sort of investigation or charges or Title IX situation, which would, wouldn't have happened back then, but would be happening today. Um, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just wild accusation being struck against them. And by wild, I mean the the quote-unquote details of the accusation being absolutely wild. Like, there's some party at the lacrosse house and um, these uh, alleged um, working girls, shall we say, um, had multiple acts performed on them that were against their will, okay? Except for none of it was true. It was all a ploy to attempt to extort money from these individuals and for the better part of two years, the media, the prosecutor's office, everybody refused to look into the evidence, refused to do any sort of actual investigating of the allegations before they harangued, convicted, harassed, um, ruined the lives of people who had nothing to do with this. Most, most importantly, who were absolutely 100% innocent of any wrongdoing. And that's what actually happened here. Were, was it a stupid um, college situation to hire strippers for a party? Probably really dumb, putting yourself in really dumb situations. But this isn't the first nor the last time that college students would have done that. You would think that after the absolute character assassination, the absolute loss of job opportunities, the loss of professional opportunities, collegiate uh, opportunities, um, 
There's a whole 30 for 30 that ESPN did on this case, by the way, which is ironic, literally just taking the allegation as gospel truth and putting it out there. ABC News runs with it, you know, Dateline, 2020, da 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 All these programs running with all of this, right? You would think that one of the biggest stories of the late 90s and early 2000s, okay, one of the biggest stories out there unraveling and becoming completely uh, fiction, you would learn some lessons from that as organizations. But because of social media, but because of the increasing influence of you've got to get in front of a story, otherwise you're going to lose out on market share or some other crap in the media world. They forgot the basic lessons they should have learned in the Duke lacrosse case, and they went wholly all in on the allegation that Matariza and other people gang raped this individual. Well, it turns out on Tuesday that um, the San Diego uh, County DA's office met with, or on Monday it happened, and Tuesday the, the news broke of it. I can't remember exactly the details there, but it's not all that important. The important thing is that there was a meeting held with the uh, the person who made the allegation, okay, on a criminal level. And that meeting indicated that Matt Ariza is a thousand percent innocent of any sort of allegation of gang rape. A thousand percent innocent because he was never even there at the alleged time or times that this incident could have happened. He had left. Yes, he was at the party. He may or may not have had some sort of a relation with this individual, but it was of a consensual nature, according to multiple people involved, and then left the party prior to anything else that happened that night. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into the woods of this, other than to say that according to the prosecutors, what you and the audience should know is that literally they believe absolutely no sexual assault of any kind, period, amen, happened that night. What is believed to have happened that night is that this 17-year-old girl who lived in the area where this party was occurring snuck into the party, was telling people that she was 18 years old, and was going around telling people, and, and specifically men, I should say, that if they didn't bleep her, they were a bleeping bleep, okay? And so um, she was going around seeking out relations. And video evidence, eyewitness testimony, all sorts of things that can be corroborated together while also being separate and not known to the individuals who are making their testimonies corroborate that, no, this individual actually was bragging about um, having multiple relations that night, was bragging about all of the things that had occurred. But I want to fly you back into the Wayback Machine real quick here because um, Stephen A. Smith had this to say back in the day. Late July, it happened now in late August. How do you believe the bills look now? The bills don't look good. <clears throat> the bills don't look good because when you hear the details, we're hearing it now. 
So it's fair to surmise that if the general counsel for the bills spoke to the lawyer of the alleged victim, then you had that information and those details before a few days ago. So the fact that you had those details and you waited this long to act, that's a problem for the Buffalo Bills. As a result, it becomes a stain to some degree on the NFL, not the league office. I'm just talking about the NFL shield because we're talking about an NFL team, even though this is a player that it happened, that, that allegedly it happened it, while he was in college yeah. at San Diego State. Yep. My point is, is that even though it happened at San Diego State with a college student, allegedly, while he was in college, the bottom line is he was a member of the Bills. And once he was a member of your organization and this came to light, you were supposed to act immediately, especially since your general counsel brought it to you. How many times do we have to go through this scenario for people in the media to understand this, especially sports media? And this is why up front in this show, I said the sports media is the absolute worst. How many times do we have to go through all of this stuff for the sports media to the editors, the, the publishers, the producers, the layer upon layer upon layer before it even gets to a Stephen A. Smith or the, the, the anchor that Stephen A. Smith is speaking with. How many times does this stuff have to happen before you say to yourself, hang on a second, we need to mention that these allegations exist in that there's a presumption of innocence until proven guilty. We don't know the truth of the matter, and this will play out in the court of law, and we will cover it as relevant at that point in time. But the media has done it and done it again. And just how disingenuous has the media been? Well, folks, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about ESPN one more time here because ESPN wrote this, as not only their headline, but also the lead, a.k.a. the first paragraph, the, the thing you're going to want to know up front containing the specific information, or more importantly, the, the most important information about the story, okay? That's how that is put together in the world of journalism. It's called a lead. Witnesses that witness says Matariza wasn't present at a time of alleged rape. And this is from Alana... Uh, Getzenberg at ESPN, quote, prosecutors said Matt Ariza was not present when an alleged gang rape of minor occurred of a minor occurred at an October 2021 party, according to witness testimony included in evidence that prompted the San Diego district attorney to not press criminal charges against the former Buffalo Bills punter. Now, the part that really matters here is this again, prosecutors said that Matt Ariza was not present when an alleged gang rape of a minor occurred. Alleged gang rape of a minor occurred. It is in the first sentence of the story, folks. The very first freaking sentence of the story. That's insane. Because 20 paragraphs later, you find out that the district attorney, the San Diego district attorney's investigative division that handles these specific cases, by the way, and does so because they want to make sure that the victim is heard, that the victim is taken seriously, that they're going to hunt down every last bit of evidence, physical, eyewitness, 
whatever evidence exists. The San Diego district attorney was very clear, allegedly, not allegedly, but actually in the things they told the the quote-unquote victim in this case. Number one, they don't believe she's a victim of anything, anything in this case. Number two, they don't believe any sort of rape or gang rape or any sort of activity around this idea and this concept ever occurred. There is no evidence, none, nothing exists in video, in audio, in eyewitness testimony that suggests some sort of an assault, gang rape, anything ever occurred. They don't believe that to have occurred at all. You find that out 20 some odd paragraphs into this story, by the way. But up front, you are led to believe that there still was a, there still is an allegation and that a gang rape still is alleged to have occurred, right? It's just that Matt Ariza or Ariza, I believe it's Ariza. But anyway, he was just not involved in it. That's the implication of what is up front in the lead of the story from our friends at ESPN. It is absolute, utter garbage. You have to let the, the public know that the allegation of gang rape is completely fabricated, according to them, is completely false. There is no evidence to suggest that it ever occurred, period. That's what you need to let them know. But it's not just ESPN. This is how bad the sports media is. And I put this on my Twitter account at the Coppin Show yesterday. But I want you people to understand this. This is a screenshot that I took from Google. Okay. I just Googled Matt Ariza gang rape. In the last 24 hours from when I took this, Yahoo Sports, prosecutors, former Bills punter Matt Ariza wasn't present during alleged gang rape. Again, he wasn't present and the gang rape never occurred. 10news.com, which is a local report, report prosecutors say Ariza was not at a party at time of alleged rape. CBS Sports, prosecutors say ex-Bills punter Matt Ariza, or Ariza was not present during alleged gang rape. Outkick, Matt Ariza loses NFL season due to gang rape accusations. But, and then they say, newly found information does da-da-da-da. Sports Illustrated, prosecutor claims Matt Ariza, Ariza wasn't present when alleged gang rape occurred. Do you see the pattern that exists here, folks? Allege, 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 alleged, alleged, alleged. This was an absolute vindication of an allegation made against a high-profile person, even if that person is just a punter in the NFL. It is an NFL player. They have some sort of notoriety, some sort of infamy, some sort of, uh, you know, celeb to them. This was an allegation that was 1,000% false. And it still attaches an allegation that a gang rape occurred. They they want you to believe that, well, the, that Matt Ariza is, is not guilty of this. It, they, they don't want, but it still occurred. No, it didn't. This is how disingenuous the media is in headline writing. This is just how disingenuous the sports media has been for a very long time. This is worse 
This is the worst example I have ever seen of this. And I hope you understand at home that we cannot allow this to continue to happen because people deserve the presumption of innocent until proven guilty. It's disgusting on so very many levels. All right. However, um, Tucker Carlson announces that he is going to produce his show on Twitter going forward. We don't know any details. What we do know is that there's no sort of financial deal between Twitter and um, and um, Tucker Carlson. That, that there's no actual money being exchanged other than how Tucker would potentially monetize via subscription, via advertising on the show, that sort of stuff. But it has nothing to do with Twitter paying him to be part of the platform. But MSNBC had this to say about um, Tucker making his announcement and um, the talk of free speech and really one of the last bastions of it being the Elon Musk version of Twitter. Okay. Well, listen, Twitter was already under fire from misinformation, disinformation, all out lies, anti-Semitism, racism before Elon Musk took over. And now it's gotten kind of crazy, right? Seemingly unmoored, uh, if you will. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says? Mm. Or is this the point? It's just a free-for-all. I think this is the point. It is a free-for-all. It's what Elon Musk wants to provide. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website. Okay, so here we are with like the most insane claims right up front, obviously. But MSNBC is saying free speech is a bad thing. What? Huh? That is the point. You are correct, Brian Stelter, for the first time. And how the hell that man failed upwards, by the way, in getting any sort of gig with MSNBC, whether that was an online version of that or, you know, whatever. If that, how that individual based off of the absolute insane ramblings that that person has put on air on CNN, failed upwards to now what is the number one cable news network in prime time, by the way. That's right, Fox News is no longer there. Um, It's beating Fox News by 30% in the prime time ratings since Tucker left. Um, But you're lamenting free speech because people might or might not And I would suggest that there's not really any sort of actual empirical evidence outside of left-wing ideologues creating studies that have multiple holes in them. But there's no proof that there's this increase in disinformation or misinformation and, you know, hate speech and blah, 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 blah. And by the way, define hate speech, right? And usually it just turns out to be speech you just don't like. And as a free speech person, I've always said that there are not, there are no guarantees that there are not consequences for your free speech. And when those consequences, by the way, and this is part and parcel of the decision that we made, both Pat and I, to take this show away from Mojo 5 Radio. Look, we loved, you know, working with them and doing the things that we did. But the reality of the situation is that somebody else's free speech began to impact our ability to Number one, freely speak. And number two, use the platforms that we wish to be able to use to monetize our show. And when that happens, 
those free speech consequences are not just yours. They're everybody else's. And that's not okay either. When your free speech impacts other people's ability to earn a living, or more importantly, how about this? A very simple libertarian philosophy. Your rights, your actions, when they begin to impact somebody else, they are no longer your rights. You don't have a right to um, burn your neighbor's lawn because you wanted to create some sort of fire in your yard. You don't have a right to do that. You have a responsibility to keep it in your yard, right? So, for instance, with the drug situation, uh, the, the toughest part that I have with some of the libertarian stance is their belief that this is a victimless crime or that drug use doesn't have a victim outside of the person who uses and consumes it. That is not true. Well, then they go into, well, right, but then you could deal with the stealing and you can deal with whatever else as criminal matters, except for that's not reality and that's not how this is handled. This, that use has ma- massive impacts on the family. It has massive impl- impacts on society. You know, you take a look at San Francisco. There's a great example of what happens when you just let it all go. But that being said, on the free speech side, yeah, guess what? I can think that your speech, by the way, on MSNBC is absolutely abhorrent. I, I think it's full of crap 99% of the time. But hey, you can say it all you want. There are legal ramifications. There are ramifications for your audience numbers. There are ramifications and consequences for all sorts of speech actions. But to say that a platform must do this or it must do that, right? We just talked about Garm yesterday on the program, how companies like uh, Anheuser-Busch, InBev, and others, like massive companies, are putting pressure on Twitter and other platforms to put into a box speech that they like or that they don't like, and they're going to only advertise with the places in which speech exists that they like, which is insane. And that twists the knife into these companies. And Elon Musk is attempting to create a company that cannot function or that can function without having to worry about that. That's the subscription model. That's the content creation model in which I believe they're taking only 10% after a year of your content creation, by the way, on the platform. And so congratulations to Tucker Carlson for figuring out that free speech matters. And congratulations to MSNBC for figuring out that speech also means things that you don't like, except for, wait a minute, you are advocating for what exactly? A curtailing of free speech? You are literally in existence because of the First Amendment, because of your free speech rights. If not, 99% of the things you said during the Donald Trump presidency, by the way, could have been things that were struck down. You, you could have been taken down off the air. Was I advocating for that? No. My defense to your terrible speech is more speech, is to speak louder, to speak more amplified than you, is to continue to hammer the point of truth and truth-seeking. Because here's the reality, folks. None of us are going to get it right all the time, every time. But 
the seeking of truth. The ability to understand where we're going is important. And the recognition that you're not going to get it right all the time, but that you're doing it with genuine intention matters. All right, so let's go ahead and move forward here because we've got a ton more to get into. Let's go with the eco-health situation. Now, you might say to yourself, well, eco-health? Yeah, I'm talking about eco-health alliance, one of the main um, grant recipients of the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the alleged grant giving to EcoHealth Alliance for quote-unquote gain-of-function research. So one would think that when they had their entire pants pulled down, I mean literally pulled down in front of Congress, in front of the Senate, in front of the world, over the alleged gain-of-function situation on top of whether you believe or not believe the lab leak theory, which more and more evidence and more and more of the people who are actually being able to study what was going on there uh, happened to believe that this was not necessarily totally intentional, but it leaked from the lab and we were doing dangerous research at this lab and that's why this was caused in the first effing place. You would think that um, with Fauci out of the way, with uh, some of the worst of the actors of the COVID era out of the way, that um, we would learn the lesson of not funding EcoHealth Alliance. Uh, well, uh, our fine friends over at Not The Bee point out, uh, U.S. government restarts funding for bat virus research conducted by the nonprofit at the center of the COVID lab leak, because why the heck not? <clears throat> From the report, Three years after then-President Donald Trump pressured the National Institute of Health to suspend a research grant to a U.S. group studying bat coronaviruses with partners in China, the agency has restarted the award. Peter Daszak um, must be happy, according to um, Not the Bee. But EcoHealth's embattled director, Peter Daszak, says his group is pleased. Quote, now we have the ability to finally get back to work. Oh, that's right. Business as normal. No consequences. Screw all of you. If you're wondering why um, the rise of the Fourth Reich, um, that book by um, our friend Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz, who was on the program to talk about it why that book matters, why accountability matters, why we stay on this story matters. It's that. They, they just want to get back to work as normal and forget about the things that they did. They're, they're literally not backing away and saying, you know what, we're, maybe, we, maybe we shouldn't be doing these things. Again, there's a great documentary that was on Amazon Prime I've talked about this a thousand times, and I'm going to mention it again. There was a documentary. I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head, but this documentary was all about scientists attempting to crossbreed humans with chimpanzees. And oh, by the way, later on in the documentary, when they start to mention the fact that they can't do it, they haven't been able to do it, they also start to mention how scientists are looking at um, harvesting organs within other animals, human organs. We're going to now use animals as hosts for human organs. So you get a pig that's going to have uh, a replicated, replicated heart, liver, spleen, lungs, blah, 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 blah. They're, they're going to house all of those things. You're going to have a little flock of animals that will follow you around or that you can put onto a horse farm or put onto this farm or that farm and uh, and then 
pluck them out as you need them. What the hell is going on? These people don't get it. They still have no consequences. What are we doing? How in the hell is the NIH allowing this grant to be re-rewarded to these people? We need reform of our bureaucracies and reform in the form of, yeah, we get not just oversight, we get the power to fire your asses when you screw up. And oh, by the way, public sector unions get lost, get bent, because that is part and parcel of the protection that allows this kind of stuff to happen in bureaucracies. So we want to be nimble, effective, and efficient in how we work within our governmental systems. Unions are designed to be wholly ineffective, wholly inefficient, wholly time-consuming. Not because they're interested in the rights of the individual, by the way. They're interested in their power, and they always have been. But I'm going to end on a really creepy note here on a WTF Wednesday because I mentioned something about poisoning a spouse and then profiting off of that action. I bring to you this story also from Not The Bee. Her husband died and she wrote a children's book about grief. Now she's been charged with his murder. So what you need to know is this. Corey, uh, that's the wife's last name, called 911 in March of 2022 and said that her husband was quote-unquote cold to the touch. She claimed to have made him a drink before going to put one of their kids to bed, only to come back later and find him dead. A medical report determined he had, quote, five times the lethal dosage of fentanyl in his system, unquote. Since he was not apparently a known drug user, this was a bit suspicious. Investigators have since uncovered evidence that Corey allegedly procured drugs from a suspected drug dealer prior to her husband's death. Um, say what? Say what? Right? Like, what? Huh? What? What? What you be talking about, Willis? Like, for real. For real, real. And then the story gets even creepier than this. Okay. Then the murder charge, meanwhile, comes two months after Rickens appeared on local television to promote Are You With Me, a picture book that she wrote to help children cope after the death of a loved one. Corey dedicated the book to my amazing husband and a wonderful father. She wrote a book about grief. This, folks, is what you call a sociopath. Oh, my God. She thought that she would just cover it up in grief, right? Like, I'm just so aggrieved over my husband's death, and I can't believe this is happening. And then I'm going to help other families recover from their grief, especially those kids, and then dedicate the book to my late husband. You absolute jackass. I, I The... Uh, This is the most sociopathic thing I've seen in a long time. Like, this isn't even, like, snapped. This isn't even whatever. This is, like, one of those true crime oxygen, um, you know, 
stories that needs to be told. This is bat nuts crazy. She literally poisoned her husband, decided to write a book about the grief that her child was experiencing, profiting not by not by taking insurance money, by the way, which is oftentimes the motives that we hear in these scenarios. But literally saying, you know what, I'm going to profit off of the fact that I killed my husband. I'm going to I'm going to make money by selling a book about grief that is caused by my own actions. Sick, 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 sick. And with that, folks, I hope you have a really good rest of your day. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547.